So there are so many people on like TikTok and, and Instagram. And listen, I love that social media has given so many people a platform, but all, I always try to tell people, don't do what everybody else is doing. Do yeah. what good, do what fits and is organic yes. to you. The screenshotting an Us Weekly headline and then posting that mm. to your feed. Like, yeah, maybe it'll get you a couple of cute followers, but what is that really going to do for the brand overall? How are you going to build a business out of that? What is the longevity of your brand and your business? People function better when they're high. Hey, baby gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. Welcome to another episode of Bravo and Blaze. I'm your host, Jenny Blaze. And today we have the host of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. So the first time I came across you, I found you on social media and I hit subscribe to everything immediately. Subscribe, follow, stalk. I got it all. And I just love that you give recaps and updates on everything going on in the Bravo world and the entertainment world. But not only are you incredibly charismatic and lovely to look at, you also have your own ready to drink wine line called hashtag no filter, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. I don't even drink, but I think that you having that wine line is the coolest thing ever. So. I just want to know everything about you. <laughs> How did you get started? Why did you get started? What has your career path been like? I just love everything you're doing. Oh, thank you. Um, so I actually, I mean, I've always been a bit of a hustler. I remember, you know, like in middle school, I always loved pop culture. So I remember starting my own like us weekly of like the kids at school and i went on microsoft word and i got the clip art and i designed my own like magazine um and i would be like oh stewart was crying at lunch today send in a tip to our tip line to, if you know why um oh part my God, of you were the original gossip girl i yeah yeah um i was perez hilton before perez was even a thing yet um and so like, that. yeah, it was just, you know, and then that ended up getting shut down because I went to Catholic school and they were like, gossip is a sin and you're going to hell. And I was like, well, you know what? Us Weekly seems to be making money off of this. So <laughs> screw you. I'm going to be big one day. You just wait and see. And I was always getting in trouble for talking in class. Like they would have to literally separate my desk from the other students so that I could just focus on my work and not distract any of the other classmates. Um, and eventually I always knew I wanted to pursue something thing in media entertainment I always was fascinated and loved pop culture but I didn't think that I could ever really I was like what can you really make a career out of that with so I was like I'm just gonna grow up and I'm gonna be famous and I'm gonna be an actor and I in college decided to study acting and then I got to know actors and realized that's not my path I'm not you know listen I'm I'm a little self-absorbed I grew up here in Los Angeles but I'm not that narcissistic uh, no shade to actors I've dated enough of them I've done my charity work I've blown them like I'm cool with them but but like, it's just not the career path I was looking to pursue. Right, and right. so I ended up doing stand-up and I would perform at like the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store. And I did like Gotham and in, in Hollywood and like a little rinky-dink 
places. Like I did like a an Armenian restaurant one time. So I just kind of was like, I, I know I have a personality. I know I have a bite. I know I can be funny. So let me throw my hand at stand-up. And stand-up is a really hard grind. Um, yeah, I bet. I loved it, but then, you know, serendipitously, I was kind of doing YouTube stuff and this opportunity kind of presented itself to host a podcast. And there was this brand new studio they just opened in the Valley. Um, and it was maybe about like 10 minutes down the street from where, maybe not even, I think like five minutes from where I was working at the time. And they were like, look, this is a podcast thing. We have Joe Rogan. He comes in and he tapes here. And, you know, they were trying to explain to me like what podcasting was. And I was like, I'm not a podcaster. I'm an on-camera talent. I'm on stage. I do stand up. People need to see my face. And they were like, listen, this is the future. So get on board or you're going to get lost in the space. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I think Tim Ferris was really popular back then, but this was like seven and a half years ago where nobody really knew what a podcast was. Now everybody and their grandma has a podcast. So wow. I was like, fine, whatever. Let me give it a try. It was literally five minutes down the office I used to work at. So I was like, let me give it a try. And I did, and I wasn't amazing at it right out the bat, but I enjoyed it and I liked it. And I was like, well, I like being able to have an opinion. I like being able to interview, you know, a lot of celebrities or reality stars, because I had connections at the time I was, um, working for Jenny McCarthy's foundation. And so I was used to being around talent and used to being an yeah. entertainment because we would host a lot of galas and charity events that were you know Jenny and her husband Donnie Wahlberg who everyone knows from New Kids on the Block so oh, you know it was it, it was I had easy access and I built relationships relationships with them and in the stand-up world so it was kind of nice to bring them on the podcast and yeah. build it from there um and eventually my fixation for pop culture turned into like more of a niche of reality tv and bravo and housewives and there was such a big interest in there and then once I started doing more video stuff that's when the podcast really took off and so that's you know how everybody knows the podcast now that is so amazing long, it's a long story but it no. got it here and now I have the wine line which is exciting it's all housewives inspired um I love it and it's just you know it's fun it's something that we can kind of drink and imbibe on while we're watching I call it my housewives watching wine because it's the wine that I drink when I'm watching the real housewives and screen yeah. tv Oh, I love it. I love it so much. You're almost like, you're like the Andy Cohen of podcasting. <laughs> right? I, like you, very sweet of you. I mean, that's how, think about Watch What Happens Live. That's what Andy started doing, right? Having his, the people he was already connected to and his network, he invited them onto the show and then it turned into, you know, what we know it as today. And it's been great. And I think that's amazing what you've done. Thank you. <laughs> so one thing you said about podcasting, because you've been doing this for a while. I've been like at this point, because I'm a newbie. I'm I'm like very new. I'm a rookie. But I've been thinking about this concept of, you know, podcasting and like people who listen to podcasts versus people who watch YouTube and like how to leverage your content in a way that, you know, you're serving all the, you know, everyone on their preferred platform. What do you find that to be challenging at all? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, I know I'm known as a podcaster or some people know me as like a YouTuber. I feel like those terms, to me, I feel like I've just become a content machine. Um, yeah. Because 
there's all of this news, but you have to put it out on all of these different mediums, right? So mm -hmm. YouTube has its own version of the same news. And then the podcast has its own version, which is usually yeah. a, a bit more long form, but then you also have social media. So I have Instagram reels and the Instagram account's really popular and people love the reels because it's literally the news in like a minute, you know, yeah. and I have to be quick and I have to be funny and the recaps have to be like, you know, straight into the point, but also entertaining. Cause trust me, there's so many fucking bitches on the, sorry, I don't know if I can cut, but there's so many people. <laughs> okay, good. Um, <laughs> Because I, I, that, that happens often. But um, so there are so many people on like TikTok and, and Instagram. And listen, I love that social media has given so many people a platform. But all, I always try to tell people, don't do what everybody else is doing. Do yeah. what good, do what fits and is organic yes. to you. Like if you're yeah. just going to go on there and be another mediocre bitch that's talking about the same thing, that's screenshotting an Us Weekly headline and then posting that <laughs> to your feed. Like, yeah, maybe it'll get you a couple of cute followers. But what is that really going to do for the brand overall? How are you going to build a business? out of that what is the longevity of your brand and your business i put my face and my personality and everything out there and i get a lot of shit for that i get heat people will rip me apart on the internet and and listen and i take the cheap shots because it's personal because my face and my name are out there Mm -hmm. Most people aren't willing to do that. So I always tell people like, get into this world, but if you're gonna do it, one, really love it. Don't just do it because yeah. it's easy money, because a lot of people do. Really love what you do and really find what makes you unique and tap into like what's, you know, lean into your strengths. Like for me, mm -hmm. you know, aesthetically, I know I have stark brows and bright hair and it's <laughs> eye captivating and it captures your attention. And so for me, I know that that will capture people's attention and differentiates me from any other little twink on Instagram. I know, trust me, that's what they call me. That's the term the internet calls me, and I've just embraced it at this point. But I just um, learned that word, by the way. Like and listen, say. it can be a good term or it can be a derogatory term. To, to I thought it was it. like, I thought it was flattering. I thought, I listen, I think it's flattering, but some people like to uh, weaponize it and, yeah. and use it as an insult. But I'm just like, listen, if you still think I'm a twink at 29, then I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, it's about finding, you know, what it is that you're good at. So for me, I have a personality, I have a background in stand up, you know, I have, you know, a very bitey sense of humor. Um, and so I use, I play to those strengths, right? And so yeah. I think people need to find what those strengths are and find the platforms that work for them and or or find a way to make the platforms work for them. You know, Instagram isn't always going to work for everybody and it's constantly evolving. Yeah. But like tap into Instagram lives. That was huge for my bit for yeah, my brand and my business is the Instagram live with like was like a community hub and then it grew into YouTube live streams. And now we're doing YouTube uh, subscription live streams. That's like an extension beyond that. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's you just have to really find what um, what makes you different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm all about branding. I think people, they get interested. They're definitely intrigued and they're, they want to learn more about, you know, being a content creator or what that means to be like a YouTuber or whatever. Yeah. But like you said, it, it's a lot of it is if you can put your face out there, that's like a huge step that like, yeah. that was hard for me to to like accept and then also like you said the trolls you have to also accept that you're gonna get trolls and people will say nasty okay. things and it's like i don't know that's a whole other thing but i want to know okay so i love everything you just said what i usually tell people um because i'm in i'm a cannabis content creator and we have certain obstacles that we that are specific to us like we are censored on different platforms. So what I tell people to do is get their own domain or URL. Like you have um, justplainzack.com. I have bravoandblaze.com plus many others like jennyblaze.com. 
<laughs> I like to buy URLs, I guess. Um, so I, and then also the email, like collecting email addresses, like that way you don't have to be dependent on any one platform. Cause at any time you can get shut down from a platform. Yeah. And that's why, you know, my philosophy, what I try to tell people is like, don't rely on one platform because that could all be taken away like that. But right. I want to know, um, so I've seen you have some live shows. I've seen you host shows. What is the world like for Zach Peter in the next, like, what do you see for yourself in the next five to 10 years? Um, That's a really good question. So I think... I would love to, I mean, obviously No Filters continued to grow over these past like seven and a half years. Um, it went from getting like 30 downloads every single week to, you know, now we are hitting the charts every week and we make press every week. And it's incredible to see where it's blossomed, especially since I dived into podcasting. I dove headfirst without really knowing what it was or where it could possibly lead to. It's kind of just like, let's just take a chance. And I did it when, like now everyone can go on YouTube or Google and get all of these guides on how to start a podcast and what equipment to buy and, and how to monetize it and all of that stuff. And I had to learn and make all of the mistakes for many years before I was able to get into a place where, you know, it could really grow. But I think for me moving forward, I would love to continue to grow it. Listen, I'm coming for that Joe Rogan spot that Alex Cooper caller daddy I want that Spotify money put that respect on my check yes. we're gonna build it to that level I would also love to have some sort of unscripted uh, series on like a streaming network I don't know about Netflix Netflix is kind of going downhill Netflix was the dream but I think now I don't know maybe like Hulu or Peacock would be awesome to have some sort of like unscripted show that I can really show off my personality a bit more yeah I Whereas love that idea no filters really anchored in like news and conversation. So I was like, you know, let's kind of diversify this a bit. Oh, I love that. I think Prime Video is actually building up their reality side of their business. From what I hear, I don't really know. But <laughs> so I got to know about Bravo. What is your favorite Bravo show? Who's your favorite Bravo lab? I need to hear it all. <laughs> um, Currently, I mean, I'm loving Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um. Uh, Southern Charm has been pretty good. I love all the like tea that's going on with Vanderpump Rules, even though it hasn't even come back yet. So, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, I think my two favorite shows on Bravo, probably like Beverly Hills, Vanderpump, Jersey's pretty good. Like, I like Potomac. Um, nobody's watching Dubai. What else? <laughs> uh, Southern Charm. I'm watching Dubai. I love Super. Dubai. God bless you. You're one of the few. <laughs> You are keeping them alive. You're keeping them alive. God bless. You're doing you're doing the the work for for all of us. Um, but yeah, I think there are a lot of great shows on Bravo. I think for me, I really like I'm liking to see where Bravo's going with like Peacock and all of these other spin-off type shows like Ultimate Girls Trip because I think that to me is more it's exciting um because it's a, an evolution of the brand. I think Bravo needs to really start to kind of um figure out what their next five years are going to look like because I feel like at this point the audience has kind of reached this housewives fatigue of being like we are tired of watching the same thing and we're ready for something new 
you know? And then in terms of my favorite Bravo Leb currently, I mean, I'm gonna give a controversial answer, but I'm gonna say Erica Jane because every, she seems to be such a polarizing topic for people right now. Yes, and yeah. I love to kind of just poke the bear and like, you yeah. know, and you wonder why I get dragged on Twitter all the time, but I love to kind of just poke the bear and I'm gonna say she's a fascinating character to watch, love her, hate her, see her as a villain, a victim, whatever you wanna do, she's polarizing and she's a lightning rod and she always gets people talking. She is polarizing, that's for sure. What do you think about uh, Salt Lake City? Oh, I'm excited for Salt Lake City. I cannot wait to see an entire season of Jen Shaw claiming her innocence only to at the end say, I'm guilty, your honor. I cannot fucking wait for that moment because oh it's like god. she lied to our faces she, she did, did. oh my gosh she lied to our faces she lied to her friends and i already know and i've already predicted on my podcast she's gonna sell us some baloney story right she's gonna yeah. do some exclusive interview and she's gonna be like oh you know they um i didn't she's either gonna lean into it like she probably should have been like i didn't know i was doing this i i was unbeknownst to me i had no clue i was breaking the law which Here's the thing, you can accidentally make mistakes and accidentally break the law. When you look at Jen Shaw and the evidence against her, it doesn't look so much like a coinkadink. It actually looks like a pretty solid case that the feds had against her. Um, so it's a little hard for me to believe she didn't know what she was doing, especially when we have her feeding Stuart a banana and being like, make me money. Uh, <laughs> And listen, I think at that point, she didn't care how he was making her money. Obviously, we know now she's trying to throw him under the bus and say that, you know, he's the reason she ended up in prison. So we know that's going to be the narrative leading up to, to her changing her plea. Um, but I'm curious to see what her story is going to be for the fourth season of like, what is she actually going to claim that, you know, it, is it that they were going to come after Coach Shaw and she didn't want it to be a Joe Judice and Teresa Judice situation? Because I can see her leaning into that, being like, they were going to come after my husband and I have to protect my family. And listen, I think if they were, if the feds were going to come after him, they probably have something on him. You know what I mean? I thought I heard something that Coach Shaw is liable. And I remember reading that because I was like, wait, if Coach Shaw is liable, then why isn't Erica Jane? Well, the thing is, she, well, with Coach Shaw, it's not that he's liable necessarily. Um, they're just saying that she owes money. So mm -hmm. they're likely going to dip into their community assets, right, which right, right. technically also a owner of. So in this gotcha. case, that's like them essentially coming for the Girardi estate. It was technically right. both their house because they were living together. But now we have her filing for divorce and she's, you know, left Tom. And so now, you know, she's trying to make the argument that her property is her property and his property is his property because now they've separated. Um, so, but I don't think, I mean, if they're going to, the thing is they haven't, they haven't been able to drag Erica in for anything criminally. And we just saw that at least civilly, she's been dismissed from the $5 million lawsuit from Sheldon and Finn. So, you know, they're at least finding out that there isn't much that they can stick or hold to her. The difference mm -hmm. is these are much smaller. I mean, bigger scandal, smaller cases um, in terms of the fact that like Jen Shaw is being indicted by the feds. You know, this is a federal investigation. It's the FBI. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they have a stronger case against her than they probably do against Tom Girardi. I mean, obviously we know he's dipped out and he's in the old folks home, but um, yeah, we'll have to see. But in terms of Coach Shaw being 
libel. It's not that he has any culpability necessarily, but they're saying that their money, which is coming from a joint bank account, will likely have to be yeah, used yeah. to pay the restitution. And it's a lot of restitution, which says that there's a lot of of, of stuff that was going on. And she's well, had a very uh, messy track record. The birthday party for Meredith was $80,000 alone. <laughs> and there mm. were like five people there. But mm. um, so this is off topic from Salt Lake. I just remembered I'm still in shock because I've never talked about Lisa Rinna in my life, like publicly. And she blocked me yesterday. Did She's you get blocked? blocked? She's blocked everyone. Um, and listen, I get it because a, a bunch of accounts are like, "Did you get blocked? Did you get blocked? Did you get blocked?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not an asshole to her. Not this. Not I this swear to God, I, I never did anything. I don't think that you are. Um, I think the difference is, I think what it looks like is she's blocking all of the Bravo accounts. So yeah, Bravo and Blaze. I'm just assuming. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. she, everybody's screenshotting their DMs with her and posting them places. And we saw there was like one account that was like screenshotting yeah. posts, and then she was like, she revealed all of the DMs and you can see that they're like, it's just people are looking to capitalize off of yeah. her. And like- I don't even me, talk to her. Yeah, yeah, to me, I just think with her, it's like, you can clearly see she's not doing well. You know what yeah. I mean? There's something going on, whether it is the grief, whether it is the hate that she's getting online, whatever it is, you can see that this woman is clearly, she's, she's going through something. For yeah. me, I don't like to tackle on people when they're going through no, something. And I no, feel like there are so all. many other accounts that are just, they're taking cheap shots. Um, and you can listen, you cannot like her, but like for me, I'm not going to kick a dog when they're down. And so I understand why she's blocking people because everybody is taking everything that she's saying and doing and posting on Instagram and they're screenshotting it and they're taking it out of context or they're Yeah, I hate that. I don't like that. That toxic behavior. So he said Beverly Hills is like your favorite and actually Beverly Hills is like my least favorite. I actually really dislike it because of the toxic behavior that goes on online. And like, this is even more validation that like, I literally don't, don't even talk about them or like ever even have an opinion on Lisa Rinna. Cause I don't even, I just started watching like recently. So I don't even know all the backstory. The crazy thing is it's so dark and toxic <sighs> and everyone wants to blame the women, but I'm just like, it's us as an audience. It's us as a culture that are the ones that are toxic. making this toxic. You know, yeah, you go on Twitter and people are vile and nasty and ugly. Um, on Instagram, people are, that's why I always try to keep my content like lighthearted. Even when I do yeah. recaps of Beverly Hills, I don't talk about the heavy stuff. I don't talk yeah. about crystal's eating disorder i mean i'll talk about it when i open up like my experience with my eating disorder on the right. podcast but when i'm doing like fun recaps and stuff i like to like keep it light i like to keep yeah. it fun because we need more of that type of content yes. other than the ugly nasty yeah. hate that people want to spew oh my gosh it can get so toxic and that's really what turned me off because i just don't like seeing that happen you know i don't know but I do want to thank you so much for being on the show. And I want to make sure that everyone goes and checks out your podcast if they're not already listening, which I'm sure they are, but also go subscribe to your YouTube channel. And how do we get hashtag no filter wine? Can we get it in every state? Um, it's available in every state except for Utah because Utah is very strict with their alcohol. Um, I believe that if you in Utah, if you order it through like a liquor store, they can receive the order for you and then give it to you. Um, but Ooh, those Mormons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those Mormons. Heather Gay, I'm talking to you. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but the wine's available at nofilterwine.com. 